What is up, everyone? Welcome to L2R2, a PlayStation podcast. My name is Fonzie. I'm joined by my co-host, Indie Game Dev, and the, my UK bro from another month, Cal Monroe. Cal, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm uh, comfortable because I can't see, but I've got a sort of a new chair, so that's um, nice. I, I don't have the looming danger of death over me the entire time <laughs> I'm sat here, so it's uh, it's nice to not be sat on a death trap anymore. Yeah, that's nice to hear you're upgrading because yeah, that other chair was just always slowly like, yeah, going down and uh, was throwing yeah. you off. This of one's it. got that's all good. the wheels and everything as well. Every every single one of them still on. So that's look good. at that. <laughs> this year is turning up for Callum. That's awesome. <laughs> nice. Been uh, having fun over there in the crazy lockdown in the UK. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird, but I'm fi- I mean we're, we're used to it now. But it's just getting a bit stir crazy. It's getting cold and. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I ordered myself a Oculus Quest 2 because I think that's the only way I can get through it is just right. actually elsewhere. Um, yep. So I thought that would be a nice nice thing. And I didn't realize how uh, how cheap they were as well. Um, the, the new ones, the Quest 2s, are £299, which, you know, I, I always assumed it was at least £500 to get involved, right. which it was not long ago. So, um, yeah, really great price and... The only reason I I sort of considered getting one anyway was I was on my little brother who's got uh, the first one. He uh, connected his up to his PC, um, and it's just so easy. Like it's so seamless, and you can literally use your PC whilst whilst on it. And it was really weird to get used to the keyboard, like when you're trying to type on it. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was looking at, but I was looking at like uh, Oculus TV and uh, like the things you can watch, and you can sort of have the thing where you're like in a theater watching a movie, and um, it's just really cool. And it's just the kind of thing I'd like to uh, play around with, sort of over lockdown and and things. So um, yeah, I've I've got one of them coming, and yeah, I'll, I'll, I know you, you're you've been on at me about it, but I'll definitely play Half Life Alex as well. That's um, you know a big big one. Yeah, that's a, I highly recommend Half-Life Alex. I feel like that's the killer app for that one. But yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do. There's a, a Netflix mode where you can hmm. sit and watch it on a huge screen and stuff. And I know the uh, the newer Oculus, because I have the first one, I know it has a better, a higher resolution screen. And um, I, I want to say it's like slightly performs a little bit better. Um, hmm. I did look into getting it or like trading in mine, uh, selling it on eBay or something, because uh, it's crazy yeah. that it's, it's cheaper than the one that I got. I think yeah. I spent around 500 US yeah. and then... A couple months later, we got this one, but yeah. What is it over there? Is it is it two nine nine? It is, yeah, same price. Uh, yeah, it's just the yeah. original one was like five hundred bucks, and I just got it a couple yeah. months ago. But I wish I would have yeah. waited. So that's a what bit. I, so I wasn't sure if I was remembering like incorrectly because I, I thought it was about five hundred pounds over here for the first one as well. And so when I saw it, it was two nine nine. Like I know it's sort of basically three hundred, but and the right. two is just just there to make you go, oh, it's two hundred. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it's still a great price. And like you said, it from what I've seen, it performs better. Um, it's much like they, they've sorted out a lot of the problems of the first one that maybe they wouldn't have known. Like, for example, being able to see underneath, I think they completely black it out now. They've got like oh. a easy way to move it so you can see out of it. And um, so, yeah, it just seems like a more refined kind of like PS4 Pro kind of thing. Um but yeah, for the price, I, I just couldn't believe it. And because I, I was looking at uh, on the Oculus Store, and because obviously you got the sixty-four gigabyte or the larger one, which is a, a four nine nine, I think. And um, I was thinking, oh no, Half Life Alex isn't going to fit on it. Then I remembered I was being stupid, and um, <laughs> it sits on my PC, not on the thing. So right. it's it's a, it's a no brainer, really. I can't imagine 
I mean, I know people probably get these without having a PC, but if you've got a PC, it's a no-brainer for two nine nine just to get yourself a basically an Oculus Rift and more. It's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's such an easy way to get into VR or a cheaper way yeah. rather, and and I think it performs well. Like I played the entirety of Half Life Alex on the Oculus, and I it ran yeah. awesome and 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 good enough, and the, the hand tracking is still there, and the visuals mm -hmm. are still there. Um, yeah, no, it's really dope. I know there's not hacks, but there's other software you can get, which isn't too complicated to set up that lets you use your Wi-Fi to send the video signal of your PC to your Oculus wirelessly. So you can play Half-Life 2 mm -hmm. and other PC games wirelessly. You don't have to mm -hmm. plug it in and it just makes it a, a bit more immersive. I tried that with, mm -hmm. with Alex. It is a good like half hour to set it up just to even jump in there. Yeah. But when you do, it, it's full wireless and it feels, it feels, you know, even more awesome. Yeah, but I'm I'm one of those people that because when I had the PlayStation VR, I liked just playing 2D games in it because it still gives you a screen like a virtual screen, and right. it's very much like um, the Microsoft Hololens, which is mixed reality where you can sort of put things in your actual view like through the lens, um, and you know people just have Netflix sort of on their wall. Um, I quite like just being able to have the headset on as my sort of monitor and play games um through it i did that sort of sometimes on the playstation one so um, yeah i'm really excited to get one and um yeah they're just so cheap for now and i just don't i think everyone should get one really yeah it's uh it does great for just spreading the word of vr with having these mm. cheap headsets because you know that's the battle is getting enough people to adopt it so that developers will make uh bigger titles for it and it's this yeah. It's chicken or the egg kind of situation, but I think this is really helping. Apparently, it's selling really well, and it's and it's super cheap. I mean, it's uh, it'd be cool to flash forward, you know, five years from now when there's a lot more of these out. We have a PSVR two, and it's just overall, yeah. it's all cheaper for everyone to jump in, and it helps the whole yeah. VR industry. And I think that's an interesting segue is to say how is this going to influence the PlayStation VR two because um the the playstation vr was at the time the cheapest entry point to vr and you know it was it, it still is you know very well respected in the sort of vr space because of how cheap it was for its time and um you know how well a lot of the playstation vr exclusive experiences like resident evil 7 played as well um which i didn't realize was playstation exclusive till the other day um so I think it'll be interesting now how the landscape's changed and Oculus Quest 2 is £299, PlayStation VR 2 will have to, you know, adjust and probably have to aim for being the cheapest experience again. So it'll be interesting to see what those prices are when it finally gets announced. Yeah, I'm hoping they take enough influence and they're able to replicate what the Oculus does where it's something that's standalone or can be standalone to where you don't mm. have to plug it in to the PS4 or PS5 but uh, you get higher fidelity if you do. I don't know if they can nail that, if they can take the internals of the PS4 basically and shove them into the the actual headset. I don't know how you would do that, but I know the PSVR has its own like separate module that apparently does processing too, and then it goes into the PS4. So I don't know mm. how you cram all that into one thing, mm. but maybe rely on the Wi-Fi network it, to like stream stuff. But... If, I, if I could play you know, anything, Ratchet, the new Ratchet and Clank, Spider-Man, Mars Morales, 4K, 60 FPS on a VR headset, you know, how they display 2D, 2D games just on essentially a big screen in a, in a black room. I'd love that. I'd love to experience yeah. that. And I think, um, the, it, 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 like you're saying, making it a standalone experience, they really, because I think everyone has been screaming for something, you know, like the Switch, you know, how they have this thing that you can take away, but keep your sort of stuff. And, 
uh, you know, PlayStation Remote Play worked well with phones. So I, so I, I, I've sort of heard, and the Vita worked well with Remote Play, and people were screaming out for something like the Vita to to sort of fill that hole. And PSVR two could do that. You know, it could be two fill two birds with one stone. It could fill that VR gap that they've already put themselves in, and also the 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 other gap of um, you know being able to to sort of experience these these things away from your console. So um, yeah, I think that it'll be really interesting to see what direction they go. But um, the more things happen where they haven't announced it, the more interesting it gets. Yeah, for sure. I think. I mean, we talked about it before, but I imagine this year, they might even skip this year and not talk about PSVR. Maybe they have a lot on their plate for PS5 announcements, but uh, you'd have to imagine very soon they have to kind of build that, you know, that that ecosystem and, and just update people like, hey, you know, what, give them a reason to commit to VR on PlayStation besides just buying yeah. the same old uh, headset or they want to sell those before they promote it. I don't know. They're in an interesting place, but you're right. The longer they don't talk about it, we start to wonder, is it in bad shape? You know, what's going on? Mm. Yeah, so Callum, we've been playing some games. Uh, we should talk about Greedfall. So we've been uh, yeah. playing it right now over the over the week. It dropped on, what, Tuesday. It's a PlayStation Plus free game. You know what I did play a little bit of as well is uh, Maneater. That's a, a newer mm. uh, title, and it's like a PS5. Yeah. It's a PS5 free game of the month. I've been playing a lot of Maneater as well, so we can talk about that. Nice. Let we, let's uh, talk about that first. So I've just yeah. played maybe an hour, but um, it's mm-hmm. pretty fun. It's very wacky, and it's almost shot like a reality tv show or something like that intro that happens at the very beginning mm-hmm. um i'm digging it what are your thoughts so far on that um so i'm actually doing a review for it as well for uh text on person nice. i'm sort of I, I so i played about seven hours of it um and i'm pretty near sort of the end um and yeah it's i, I like tripwire the guys who make it they make killing floor and rising storm They're, they make really good games but I, I i don't know i don't really like Manita very much i think it's it started I don't, I don't know about you because it'll be interesting to talk to you about it if, if you're already in our in because at fir- for the first couple of hours i really liked it i thought you know i was kind of interested to see where it was going to go and and i actually found it quite difficult i thought enemies like the alligators and some of the barracudas and things they're, they're, they attack really wildly and they're really quick and unpredictable and the combat's actually quite hard so you know you want to try and level up and evolve and i found that quite uh satisfying and, and everything but when you get about three hours or so in um and you know you get to like adulthood or whatever you just nothing ever even comes close to bothering you again like the mm. first time i met a great white shark i could just straight away shake it around in my mouth and just kill it like it, it was nothing and and you know that's fun and all but it happens way too early like i you get to max level before you've even explored like half of the whole map so when you're halfway through the game, you're already maxed out. You already kill everything instantly. So you have like 10 hours of this game where you're just going around tapping R2 on everything and everything is just like, it took just too easy. And so I don't know, it was really strange because I felt like it was progressing really well. Like it was difficult and made me want to grind. And, you know, the combat was actually interesting because it was difficult. And, but then it just completely disregards all of that and, just gives you all the power you could ever want. So, um, mm. but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how you feel, whether you have the same experience, but, um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely an itch scratcher. It's a nice collectathon kind of game. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm mostly unimpressed with it. I, I wasn't too keen. Yeah. Um, I, so about an hour in, and I think that hour for me is really just me kind of 
for seeing that the gameplay can get repetitive. I don't know. I guess it seems like for your playthrough, mm-hmm. it improves and you kind of you that that itch becomes you know scratchable where you want to actually uh, upgrade mm-hmm. and, and continue on. But for that first hour, I did feel like I wonder if this gets stale you know fast or if this is something yeah. I can dedicate hours to. But um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, I'm too early on to to know you know how I feel about it. I, it is a cool idea. The combat's fun. But yeah, I kept playing and wondering, it's like, if I'm gonna, am I gonna want to play this for hours? It seems like yeah. a little bit of a repetitive kind of thing. But I do like how the you're right, the enemies are are tough at first, you know, especially the humans. Mm. They can they can kind of flank you, or it seems like they just throw a bunch at you, and they have their various weapons. And then the uh, mm. the stuff in the waters is no joke either. And um, yeah, it's cool. It's just I don't know if I'm gonna really spend a bunch of time with it. But um, yeah, it's it just seemed a bit repetitive, but it yeah. is a really cool idea, and it reminds me of years ago playing on the Sega Genesis, playing Ico the Dolphin, and um, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's almost like that, but you know, with an actual I don't know gameplay. Of course, I was two D, but um, yeah, no, it's cool, and it's the writing seems fun and wacky and and weird. I do like that part of it, but I just don't know how much time I'll, I'll dedicate to it. Yeah, and and it looks awful. It is not it's a good looking game. It's uh, it looks really bad. It's quite buggy as well, and. Yeah, I don't know. It's just really disappointing for, for someone who loves Tripwise games as well and somebody who wants to see, you know, another Killing Floor or something. It's just such a strange uh, game. I don't know why it was made. And this is one thing as well, that, that sometimes, like, I've played it for about seven or eight hours and just the entire time I'm just like, I don't know what the point of this game is. Like, there's just yeah. no point. I'm literally just swimming around pressing r2 that that's all you do through the game is you press r2 like mm. that like just bite everything like even when you find landmarks you bite the sticks even when you find license plates you have to bite them and it you li- like literally your finger gets tired because you're just pressing r2 const- especially when you're like fighting with the hunters as well and it's just so directionless and and yeah the writing seemed like wacky at first but then you just hear the same lines over and over and the jokes get stale there's a bloody nickelback joke in it and it's like <laughs> it's it's just such cringy old dated just kind of jokes and and they and they are normally funny like killing floors really funny and so yeah i just i just think it's really disappointing really like directionless but it, it when you get further in it is very checklist collect collectathon i mean to the point where every single place you go to has the same collectibles um mm. like categories so it's very repetitive and exactly the same but if you do have that kind of i just i've just complete all the areas kind of scratch that you want to which then it is a decent go at that for 12 hours or so i see yeah maybe uh my thoughts will change but yeah it'll be interesting to see yeah. your full review there on on tech stomper so in addition to man eater been playing i've been playing a bit more of this one of greedfall another mm. free playstation uh, network or PlayStation Plus game, and so this came out what 2019. The developer is Spider or uh, yeah, Spiders, spiders. I want to say. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this? So I'm about I want to say six seven hours in, and um, I'm overall liking it, but uh, I don't know if it's it's one of those things where I, I might just have like a high drop drop off rate for games, where it's mm. it's almost not unique enough. It makes me think of maybe maybe I should just play like uh, Dragon Age Inquisition or another RPG mm. that maybe does this stuff better. But what are you thinking? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I think I'm probably about maybe four 
hours in. I mean, I've just got to the island and started messing around there. And um, I, I actually really like it. I when when I started it, I thought, oh god, this is going to be hellish, and you know, we're going to have so much negative things to say about it. But it just seems to be continuing to give me things that I enjoy and, and that I like. And um, I think visually, it's a really weird game because. The characters look awful. I don't know whether you feel the same. Yeah. But, I, I'm wondering yeah. too, is that because, so it's a French developer. I wonder if, and I haven't played around with the settings, but I wonder if that mm -hmm. facial animation is supposed to be in French and they just kind of said, ah, mm -hmm. it's good enough for English, but it's it's off and it's it's like mm -hmm. obviously off. But yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, yeah it it does. It was very bad. Uh, but, but the weird thing is everything, else, literally everything else, even the monsters, I think look great. I think. Every, everything but the humans in that game yeah. looks really, really good. Um, and yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think it, it's a bit stuttery sometimes, but the loading screens are, are completely instant, which I, I've, I've found, which is really nice, especially in an RPG like this. I think, old, you know, double A sort of kind of clunky RPGs like this probably have really long loading times normally, but so it's nice to just have that uh sort of gone um but yeah I, i'm liking it overall I, I don't know about you but i i i think it has some pretty cool ideas especially when it comes to that like, solving quests um i like the crafting system i think it has a really really deep you know role-playing system in in how you level up and the things you can do and the things you can unlock and um the crafting system's awesome um honestly one of the best crafting systems i've seen in an rpg in a while um really easy to understand and um it fit, and sort of cosmetically it works really well as well it's very detailed um so yeah it's impressing me i can see it maybe getting a little bit long in the tooth sometimes a lot of the quests are a bit um you know there's always a problem when you get to the end of the quest and then it just extends on you gotta go see someone else i, I can see that getting a little bit uh annoying but other than that yeah i'm, I'm quite enjoying it yeah, I was uh, surprised that I enjoyed it to the to the the degree that I did. Um, mm. I guess yeah, for some reason I was expecting something that maybe was uh, just lackluster, but it's it's definitely not. It's I'm maybe more yeah. negative on it, but I can absolutely say that it's a solid game. They mm. they pretty much are nailing all the different mechanics they're trying to go for. It's just yeah. overall at the end of the day, the, while the world is beautiful or, or really unique looking, it's not unique enough to to make me care about what's going on. I guess um, I mm. wish they had a bit more uniqueness in what's going on. And it's something that I hate that I always go to this and back my mind with, with, with many games where it's, where it's like, this is cool. I'm excited to see what they do next. Cause I think if yeah. the, the sequel, I imagine they're working on maybe DLC for this. I know there's a next gen version that they're working on as well, but I'm the sequel to this. I feel like they'll really, they can um, capitalize on the success and make something that's a bit more interesting. But I think the mechanics are solid. Yeah. all the RPG mechanics yeah. are really cool. The upgrading, the um, even the dialogue, I think the I enjoy this dial or the uh, the dialogue trees rather. I enjoyed that more mm. than uh, Cyberpunk recently. I felt like the options they give you are just more unique and feel yeah, just feel more real. Uh, there's at one point yeah. early on you're trying to get on the boat to leave the island, and uh, the main guy who kind of manages the ship, he's the manager or whatever. You you talk to the manager and uh, he, you have to have this dialogue with him, and the more you talk to him about it, because you have your other mission that you have to kind of accomplish that he doesn't want you to do with moving like these uh items onto the ship the more you talk yeah. to him about it he kind of starts to get privy to what you're asking and so there's a little bit of yeah. this risk reward thing where it's like you can talk to him a bit more but he starts to know what you're doing and then you have to mm -hmm. you have an option to like uh 
to just uh, lie or make something else up. And I really like that. I wish more RPGs mm -hmm. would do that where there was a bit more risk in talking to people. Um, other games yeah. will do that, say like Fallout, where you have to have your your various uh, ability up to even like ask a question for it to succeed. They have that here, but I want to see yeah. more of that where it's a bit risky talking to people. You kind of show your cards if you do. I really yeah. dug that part of this. And uh, yeah. what about the the combat itself? How are you liking that? Um, so the combat, I'm, I don't know whether it, I'm still not at the point where I really know what I think about the combat just because I'm not very good at it. Um, you know, I, there, there was a point, I don't know whether you, you were doing, whether you was on the side quest for the, the native merchant. Um, oh, yeah. and you know, you got, you want to, that he's been arrested or his cousin's been arrested and taken to, um, the pit, the fighting pits or something. Um, so I was like, oh, okay, so I went in there and chose the option to jump in and try and help him. And all the enemies were like way over my level and just demolished me. And um, I, f I find the gun seems quite overpowered because I nearly beat them the my first time, but I ended up using all my ammo. Um, but yeah, the gun seems like a, a sort of a good option. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think I need to play a bit more, get a bit more used to it, get better at it. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I think it, it seems interesting. I think the armor mechanics seem cool. The unbalanced thing. There seems to be yep. a lot of ways for you to do different kinds of damage, uh, which seems quite nice. I haven't played around with the magic yet, but that seems like that's an entirely uh, additional thing, which you know may change the combat for the better or worse. But um, yeah, I, I think it seems good. I, I just, yeah, like I said, I just need to play a little bit more, but it seems fairly solid for, to to me. There's a point where um, playing through the game and just the visuals, you know, they catch me, it caught me off guard where they do look really good. There's times where the uh, the actual characters themselves, when you go into that kind of one on one conversation, you see the textures aren't really that fleshed out. But then yeah. the world around you is yeah. really dope looking. Uh, I really dug yeah. how they how they just the the high quality in the, the world around you. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just I wish it was a bit more unique sometimes the color palette is a bit kind of almost mm. like what like ps2 xbox era where it's kind of gray or brown yeah. washed out yeah but once you get to the island it looks way more unique i'm running around the mm. island just kind of just on my own just running around trying to fight enemies in there's definitely some overpowered enemies there's these uh, bears that mm. are like bear wolves and they're yeah. they're nuts I'm, I'm surprised i think it's one of the things where because we dedicated to play this game i'm pushing myself to play through it but it's not like mm. i I have to push myself. It is it is fun. There right, is something yeah, there to yeah. bite on. It's just yeah. uh, if I didn't have uh, the need to play, maybe I would have quit a bit early on. Yeah. But I'm glad yeah, that I, I am I, playing through it. Yeah, I, I don't think I would have even started it, to be honest. Um, I think sometimes it's nice to give you like give yourself a reason to push through perhaps that bit that normally you wouldn't play. Because I think every game or, or every sort of at least average or above game as long as you play it for long enough you'll you'll end up enjoying it because you know you'll just get used to the mechanics and the patterns of the game and everything um so i'm just hoping that it doesn't you know it doesn't get repetitive or, or anything like that which it might do um because that could be the one thing that makes it difficult to sort of slodge through but it shouldn't be too bad i, I mean i'm quite interested in the story as well i think the story seems quite cool i like the background of the character you're given um i think being like a, a legate is it the the sort of person who or, or a legate or whatever uh the person who sort of handles um relations with your sort of your kingdom or whatever or your republic um i think that's quite a cool sort of background because you know you, 
there's lots of different ways you can build a character from that. And, and I think I was quite lucky. I thought the character creator wasn't very good, but um, whatever it, I ended up creating, I actually sort of fit sort of the voice quite, quite nicely. And I actually quite like the, the sort of character I, I ended up with. Um, so yeah, the story is actually impressing me as well. And I think you can tell that maybe there's some localization uh, things um, that might make it sound a little bit strange sometimes, but you know, I think it, it tells a good enough story so far and the setting's really cool, I think. And there's a lot of lore to read through as well, which, which is nice. So um, yeah, I'm excited to, to continue playing. And um, although I, the, the last time I played it, I did travel to somewhere on the island and all of the enemies were higher level than me. So I had to retreat and realize I have to go another way. So I've just found out that the game doesn't tell you uh, what to do and in what order. So you have to figure that out yourself, which, you know, it might be a little, a little bit of fun. Yeah. I, I ran into some roadblocks where I wasn't quite understanding where they wanted me to go or the fact that when you, at least when you're on the island, when you're traveling, there's almost like this, this uh, in-between hub where you can kind mm. of uh, work on stuff. You can, there's a merchant there and then you go yeah. further, but there's yeah. times where they want you to leave, but it's, you have to trigger something else. And I also wasn't seeing mm. that the map uh, expands further. So I wasn't seeing these other yeah. little markers that I could travel to. And I spent a good yeah. hour just kind of dealing with that, but you're right. Where yeah. it doesn't, there's times where it doesn't hold your hand where I wish it would a little bit more, but um, yeah, I mean, overall it's solid. It's a good game. It's like, I can't really complain about it. It's just for mm. some reason I wanted more. I just want them to maybe dive into their, their, not their story, but like figure out their unique path to make this stand out from other mm. games so that yeah. it impacts you right away. I think that'll help with their success with this game going forward is that you see this and it looks like a Greedfall game, like you're on board, maybe double down on the unique monsters. And, but I like that world. They got this plague thing going on. That's killing everybody. Mm. Yeah. And They've only hinted at it a little bit at the beginning, but there's like a scar your main character has or some kind yeah. of growth or something. And then the other character has it as well. The um, There's a native, right? The native, she she yep. has the same mark. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely some, you know, little claymores being placed by the story, which I think we'll probably run into at some point. So yeah, I'm hoping that you know, there's enough twists and turns to keep it exciting. But yeah, I'm definitely invested at the moment. I love the idea of, you know, like a new island being settled by three separate uh, sort of factions and you're the neutral faction. And because it's already, even at the very beginning, it gives you all these choices that, that you know, will impact your relationship with those um, right. alliances that you have. Um, and I think that's a really fun storytelling device to put you in the shoes of this person who has the, has the power to influence those, those relationships, but you're serving a higher person that you need to keep happy as well kind of thing. So it's a very interesting kind of um, character to play as, which, you know, I said earlier. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to playing more. Yeah, and at the very beginning, uh, I didn't realize there was anything supernatural going on. I guess, you know, I watched trailers and stuff, but mm. uh, I guess I was just ready for this kind of, you know, human on human interaction or combat. And then the first time that monster jumps out of the ship, I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess there's some some wacky magic stuff going yeah. on. And uh, I yeah. really like that. I want them to lean into that and just kind of mm. show that off more. But uh, that's one thing I find inter interesting. I want to fight these monsters more and figure out, you know, what the hell is even going on? What's powering them? It seems yeah. I, I can imagine you're connected to them somehow with that weird scar. So there's a lot yeah. that I want to want to figure out. Yeah. Overall, yeah, we can we we talked about Greedfall. Been playing anything else? I've been jump, jumping into a bunch of random games lately, but been pretty much filling your week with these games. 
Yeah, mostly. Um, I've been playing some Grounded as well on my PC, which um, I'm actually having loads of fun with. Um, it's uh, you wouldn't. I I can't really even tell it's an early access. It plays really nicely, and um, it's one of those games where sort of the story is what you make of it. You just sort of have fun experiences, you know finding new areas and you have these objectives to sort of help you explore and um yeah it's a really fun game just to play uh, playing my brother and, and a friend and um yeah just running around screaming when we see spiders and trying yeah. to understand how to craft all these things um yeah, it's, it's a really really uh great great game those spiders are terrifying i know there's a mode oh, cool. that you can turn them off right but uh yeah. everything's creepy in that game because you're so tiny that they could it's yeah. just it's it's like nightmare fuel but uh yeah it's really yeah. fun to to run around and i tried to get my nephew into it and he was just like oh there's no shooting there's no guns okay i'm not into it but uh <laughs> it's just a really cool game and this is another uh it's just an example of this uh great decision that microsoft has made by acquiring these studios so they have what obsidian mm. is making this you know now, yeah. now they have bethesda so these you know next coming years they're going to have some juggernaut games and i think this is going to turn yeah. into one of those yeah, I mean, it's what I was saying to my friend, you know, it's it's not, hasn't got much of a sort of story in terms of dialogue and text and things, but because it is made by Obsidian, who are amazing sort of storytellers, that you can still feel that sort of well-crafted world and they put a lot of intrigue into everything from sort of item descriptions to just designs of things and, you know, feels like a very high-quality game. And uh, yeah, I mean... They're, they're working on Avowed now and like you said they've got Bethesda and In Exile who make Wasteland and they've got they've got some really high quality RPG studios and um, I think we'll see some great great games uh, coming from that. Yep I agree I agree so Callum let's jump into some of the news we got this week we have uh, some PS4 news not too great we got Sony discounts PS4 Pro and all but one model of PS4 in Japan so this is a uh, Joe Scrabble's of IGN. Uh, Sony Japan has reportedly announced that it will end production of PS4 Pro and it will only continue to produce one model of the PS4. It's not clear at the time of writing whether this policy extends to Western markets. Game Watch reports that Sony has discontinued all models of PS4 Pro and all but one model of the PS4 Slim. With the original PS4 design already out of active production, the only PS4 that will remain in production is the 500GB Jet Black Slim design. The move has been taken so that Sony Interactive Entertainment can increase production of the PS5, which has seen major stock shortages since launch, not least in the US, where it had the biggest launch console launch month in the country's history. Um, this seems like it's it's about time, you know, eventually you have to kind of switch gears. Um, but what do you think about this news of losing that, uh, or at least in Japan, you have to imagine it's going to come to the US too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's probably loads of PS4 Pros and PS4s and Slim PS4s on circulation now. I mean, people buy secondhand all the time as well, but even then, you know, stores are full of them. Um, right. So I don't think, and I'm sure that there's still stock that's already been manufactured and produced that's still not even in stores and everything. So um, I don't think, I think a lot of people probably means this sounds like there's going to be no more PS4s, but um, I, th I think it, that there should just be enough people who don't have PS4s and enough PS4s to sort of satisfy them. And it means more PS5. So um, yeah, I think it's good news. Right. Yeah. They have to start switching gears. The sooner the better, because you know, the PS5, as I mentioned in the article, is experiencing these crazy shortages and it's in such high demand. Mm -hmm. So just move those manufacturing facilities to start making that, that PS5. Um, it's uh, they'll keep supporting it with software. Like I think the PS2 was still supported till the 
PS4 when it launched. Like there's still FIFA games and Just Dance games. So, like they'll keep supporting software wise. But uh, and I, honestly, who's really buying a? I guess you can't buy a PS5, so that's why. But who's really buying a PS4 now? Like you want to just wait to get that PS5. Although they're super cheap, I yeah. guess you can get a good deal on one. Yeah. You can play a bunch of backstocked uh, or backlog games in the PS4 mm-hmm. uh, era. So it, it, it but it makes sense for them to switch gears. There'll still be loads of people who want to buy a PS4 Pro and a PS4, but uh, or, or I, I suppose it's best to just look at the PS4 Pro at the moment because there's slim staying in production. But right. there, there'll still be loads of people who want the pros, but there will also be probably enough pros for those for that amount of people. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone will actually even notice this. I imagine production of um, and manufacturing of things end relatively quickly. I mean, we see it in the PC space, you know, processors and graphics cards stop being manufactured very quickly. So, um, yeah, it, it makes sense. Yep. It's just, uh, not quite end of an era because it still hasn't hit the Western markets yet, but mm. eventually we're going to switch to all hands on deck with the PS five. So it's yeah. something that was, it was inevitable. The <laughs> yes. Um, so that was PlayStation Japan. We got more news on PlayStation Japan. That's uh, not looking too hot. So we got PlayStation brand and decisive decline. In Japan, research firm is deeply concerned. This is Handler Wood of PlayStationLifestyle.net. Low launch sales in Japan have ACE Economic Research Institute analyst Hideki Yasuda deeply concerned for the future of PlayStation market in Japan. Fumitsu sales data published on GameIndustry.biz in Japan, translated by Reset Era, shows that the PS5 only sold 240,000 units in its first six weeks, the worst launch performance of any PlayStation console in the region besides the PSP. Yasuda Yasuda says the sales figures show a pattern of disregard for the Japanese market. Quantitative analysis shows that Sony is not taking Japan seriously. So there's a couple of key components to why it's not doing so hot. And it's all due to Sony Japan decisions or maybe Sony America decisions. The PS4 launched in 2013, but Japan's release came afterward. After fall 2018, Sony implemented its own regulations on depictions in games, which has censored content aimed at Japanese users. The PS5 reveal video had no Japanese narration. While there were issues with the font used for the subtitles as well as their Japanese translations, the confirm button was changed from uh, O to X in order to set a global standard. And then due to manufacturing issues, the initial launch allocation for PS5 in Japan was barely above that of the PS3, preventing the system from reaching early adopters. Uh, how do you feel about what Sony is doing for its Japan market, Kel? Yeah, it's not um, good enough. Really. I mean, uh, and this is the what this is the consequences of the sort of alienating that where Sony comes from, uh, from, from doing that. So, I mean, I know that maybe these are decisions they had to do to branch out and go as global as they have. And, but, um, you know, you still need to make sure you don't alienate, um, a fan base based on sort of where they are and their sort of traditional ways of playing games. Um, and also, yeah, just to not have Japanese narration and poor subtitles is, I mean that that shouldn't be acceptable sort of for any country especially if uh, they're to be sort of paying for your uh, consoles yeah it's uh it's interesting because uh playstation used to be king in japan where they would mm. uh that was their their console like that was their company rather they're always uh always supporting sony and playstation and i don't know if uh the switch is just kind of becoming more popular there it's selling across the board really across the world um, mm. um pretty intensely so why leave Japan high and dry? Uh, I guess they're just focusing on, you know, really supporting America and the UK and just those mm-hmm. markets where they're 
making the most money. But you don't want to turn your back on Japan as well. I mean, that leaves a huge void where, I mean, Xbox probably isn't going to, at the end of the day, isn't going to swoop up the market. They have issues in Japan as well. But you leave yeah. that gate open and a whole country is left, you know, high and dry when they had such strong, um, just strong legs in Japan early on. So mm. it's 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 weird. But I wonder if it's just kind of following the money and just just going towards the markets that are stronger, but they're also yeah. by not supporting Japan, they're causing that market to not be as strong. So I'm not sure. Yeah. And, and they have a big presence in Japan. I mean, Sony Japan's there, Sony Japan studio, and there's lots of, um, uh, PlayStation owned studios in Japan and, um, lots of sort of, uh, big Sony offices and things. So you'd wonder how they feel as well. You know, I'm sure a lot of those people who work there are Japanese and don't, they, they wouldn't want to see their the company they work for sort of, um, you know, have bad subtitles or no narration for them or anything. So yeah, it, it's strange and hopefully they'll sort of sort it out. Yeah. Here's hoping. Change, uh, change, change X back to circle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And realize that's such a big deal because the X is like a negative kind of, or means a negative mm. kind of has negative connotation. So by switching that, I'm sure that rubbed them the wrong way. And a lot of the titles too, that really Sony focuses on with their first party studios seem a bit more western focused like say with god of war last of us uh there isn't a lot of strong japanese titles you do have the final fantasy 7 remake that that was a strong one but not a lot of games that are kind of catering towards that japanese audience and uh yeah. they're just deciding to it's not important anymore yeah it's interesting so we'll see if they yeah, if they switch gears and uh support that that country it's it's very strange but uh we mentioned or i mentioned god of war briefly there is a little bit of a tease on uh you know what's happening maybe this game's going cross-gen i think it will god of war ragnarok could launch on ps4 and ps5 dev teases uh as dev teases cross-gen release this is a henry saint ledger of techradar.com god of war ragnarok the upcoming sequel to the critically acclaimed god of war game from sony santa monica studio could be coming to ps4 as well as ps5 developer david jaff formerly an employee of the santa monica studio has made some interesting comments about the platform launch of God of War 2 during a game stream of the 2018 title. As you'll hear in the clip below, which I don't have, J Jaffe quietly or quite clearly states that I'm sure the next God of War will be PS4 or PS5. Of course it will. He adds Jim Ryan has pretty much said as much. Uh, Jaffe later remarked he has no inside knowledge of the cross-gen release. The upcoming 2021 sequel to Guerrilla Games Horizon Zero Dawn has been confirmed to be cross-gen release by Sony. Um, so maybe it's a little bit uh, too much to put on uh, David Jaffe. He's just he, he was on a stream playing God of War for the first time, the the new one, and remarked that I'm sure it's going to be a cross-gen release. But yeah. how do you feel? I know we've talked about it before. I, I think it's a no-brainer because the PS4 is so successful. Why would they leave that uh, that money on the table? But what do you think? Yeah, I think I think it will. I mean, I think Spider-Man Miles Morales has proved that we can have cross-gen games that look amazing and look next-gen. So I don't. I'm not as worried now that I've seen uh you know how these games will still look um i think they'll look great regardless of whether they're cross-gen or not and um so yeah i'm, I'm sure it probably will be um especially if, it's, if it comes out this year which obviously it's been teased to it'll definitely right. cross-gen but um but yeah i need to watch that david jaffe god of war playthrough because that, that must be really interesting to watch because obviously he's the original creator of it so um because i remember him saying uh before that when he he didn't want to play it because he sort of had just let let he said he just like let Kratos go and sort of do something else and he didn't want to sort yeah. of <laughs> see what he was doing. So it'd be really interesting to see um him playing. But I know he's always said he was going to play it, he just didn't want to yet. So 
Um, yeah, and he's a sort of crazy guy as well, so that must be fun. <laughs> yeah, he's super interesting. I watched him play a bit of Cyberpunk when it launched, and uh, he's just an interesting character and a really great mind mm. in the industry, of course. Mm. Um, is the uh, at least part of that original team, if not the original, what, director, uh, creator mm. of God of War. Um, so yeah. it's really cool to get his intake, his, his take on uh, the new direction they've gone with it. Mm. And I think he was overall, I haven't watched the streams, but it seems like he was overall pretty positive on it. But yeah, he dropped that little tidbit of 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 wonder of where they're going with. But yeah, you have to imagine it's going to yeah. be cross gen. I mean, I think you're right yeah. where they they show that it could be done with Miles. Uh, I know on paper beforehand, I was a bit skittish where it's like I want these games to fully unlock the potential of the PS5. I think we'll, we're still going to get an awesome game, but uh, maybe the next next God of War is really going to be where it's yeah. PS5 only. It's going to show everyone what can be done. But yeah. yeah, if they're trying to nail 2021, then they'd have to be working on that PS4 build. And then just mm. kind of unlock the frame rate and stuff on PS5, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I, I think overall yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be fine. And I mean, yeah, Mars Morales looks amazing, but we, we've got um, Ratchet and Clank coming as well, which is a PS5 exclusive. Mm. Um, and I mean, I know that that game is built around specific things that only the PS5 has, so that will be um, really really interesting to play. Um, and I can't. I think it might have been sacred symbols i heard it on but the person who's directing it um was uh the director of uh, resist the resistance games and he's never directed a ratchet clank game before hmm. um so that so that'll be interesting because um apparently he's uh really really good um so uh yeah um really really excited for that as well nice nice so we got the next one here little bit of uh news or more rumors on naughty dog what they're working on next we got naughty dog seems to be working on a secret new project this is logan moore of comicbook.com naughty dog's most recent project the last was part two only just launched back in june 2020 but it seems as though the studio is already beginning to work on its next game while this information hasn't been outright confirmed by those at the company recent activity by some of the studio employees gives us a good idea of what could be happening eternally as spot on the LinkedIn pages for developers Richard Cambier and Vinit Argwal. Each member was promoted to a directorial position in September of last year. These two moves are specifically noteworthy as it seems to indicate that both Cambier and Ar Argwal, Argr I said it correctly before, Argwal will be leading development teams moving forward. As for what the team, as for what team the two could be leading, well, that's the big question here. Argawal specifically noted in his own profile that he primarily has experience with multiplayer titles. It's also worth pointing out that in recent months, Naughty Dog has also been hiring a new member, a number of new employees as well. This tells us clearly the first steps of work on a new game look to be beginning. Uh, what do you think, Calum? Is it too much to, you know, we're grabbing at straws here, but do you think it's fair to say they're working on something or just more Last of Us uh, support? Yeah, definitely. I think um, to to see people being promoted and uh, to directorial positions where they're obviously going to have people sort of working sort of under them or or, or leading team, um, I think that 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 shows that obviously they're at least experimenting or or trying to enter into some sort of production of of something. Um, but I mean, with the experience of multiplayer sounds like that could be a team to work on uh, survivors. Uh, is it survivors? A uh, faction. The faction. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, so could, that that could be that, and then the other one could be well, it could be anything, I suppose. Um, I don't know if they're going to do a Last of Us three. I doubt it after the hell that they had to go through <laughs> from the other one. Um, and I'd like to see a new IP. Um, I'd like to see something fresh and a new take and. You know, maybe a completely different kind of game. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, I would like to see them tackle a new property for sure. 
um, this definitely got the gears of my mind turning. And really, uh, maybe about a month ago, there's this podcast I kept mentioning or trying to uh, remember to bring it up, but it's with a couple of unlikely people. So it's uh, Rapper Logic, uh, who's a huge video game nerd. He was talking to Steve-O uh, from Jackass. So they were in this podcast talking uh, about uh, life and about the projects that Logic has been working on. He mentioned he's a huge Last of Us fan and he uh, got a call to audition for a Last of Us 2 role. This was before the game came out. Uh, he auditioned for it, uh, mocap and everything. I guess he didn't get the role. But months later, after the game came out, he got a call for another role at Naughty Dog. And that's all he says. And he mentions the whole conversation is about actual acting roles and wanting to perform. So it makes me think that if he's signed on board for another project with Naughty Dog, is he just working on factions? And maybe they threw him in there. But he's such a big figure mm. where I think they would have him do dialogue and stuff. But factions doesn't normally have dialogue or story components. So either... Mm factions he's in it there's going to be some kind of story component going on where you follow characters that makes more sense with how narrative driven you know the last of us 2 was and really all of them are maybe they're going full force into that or he's working on another project with them entirely entirely yeah but uh, i'm wondering what's going on there. It's just a little bit tidbit that he that he drops but he seems like he's working yeah. on something big over there it, it, it could be that maybe he's like a because we never know i mean in, in factions it might be that you choose your character model like in multiplayer games maybe he can be a character model and he'll, you know, how characters might play games, say things and have little, right. I mean, I pray there isn't any emotes or anything in it, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, but yeah, I would say it could be in that aspect. It could be, yeah, it could be anything, um, but that's cool. I really like logic. Um, uh, I love his music. I've seen, I saw him live actually in London um, uh, before COVID obviously. Um, nice. Alexandra Palace, which is a really nice venue, and yeah, he's he's great. He's uh, so that'd be really cool if he's in 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 something. I know he likes his games and and everything. Yeah, he mentioned he's done a couple of acting roles that are coming out, and so he's like taking it seriously. And yeah, it makes me think that he's doing something of uh, of substance with uh, with Naughty Dog, uh, or he's just yeah, they just scanned him, and he's just a guy who hands you a med pack in the background. <laughs> but I feel like yeah. he wouldn't go with someone so big for that. But yeah, yeah. But we will see. It's a very little story to go on, but that's what heard people talking about that uh, this yeah, morning that recently. Cool. Um, this next one here. So we got Fumito Ueda and Team Ico Studio Gen Design tease new game with 2021 artwork. Wish to deliver a new experience as soon as possible. This is Ion Oagasoa of DualShockers.com. Fumito Ueda, the main creator of Ico, Shadow of the Colossus, and The Last Guardian, seemingly teases next game with new artwork for New Year's 2021. The artwork was shared through Fumito Ueda's Studio Gen Design. The far right part of the artwork is brand new and not from any of the previous games by Fumito Ueda. It appears to be so using a similar art style as his past works. Uh, so there's not a lot to go on with this one, but there is, you know, in that little uh, 2021 superimposed in the one, there's a new title and there's just that that image. That's cheeky, isn't it? That's very <laughs> cheeky. It just going by that image, what would, what could you imagine they're going for? It has that same visual style. You see one character. What could you think, you know, this game would be centered around? No idea. I think this is the, the, these kind of games are those sort of melancholic, um, strange, sort of dreamlike uh, experiences. I don't think, I mean, it'd, it'd kind of be being like seeing, you know, that first Death Stranding trailer uh, on the beach and then going like, Oh, I wonder what this game, what, <laughs> yeah. what this game's about, kind of thing. But uh, it looks nice. Um, it kind of has that sort of Death Stranding kind of palette to it. A little bit. Um, but uh, no, it seems it seems nice, and I, I don't not a huge fan of their games, but um, you know they, I know they have a big audience, and 
a lot of making up to do for the last guardian i know that rubbed people the wrong way uh, yeah so, yeah. so I, I jumped into a little bit of last guardian and i could see there's a lot of potential with what they're doing it's just the the ai mechanics with the, the with the dog bird thing are kind of mm -hmm. fall apart at times and are frustrating trying to get them to listen to you but i loved uh shadow of the Colossus. i played that remaster what two years ago and fell in love with it. I never played the original and man, I freaking love that game. But then once again, they, they go for these mechanics that are maybe ambitious because they're trying something new, but they, they just, they do have a lot of holes in them. So there's the issues of just movement in shadow of the Colossus, mm. uh, was a lot of, uh, was negative for a lot of people. There was the AI stuff with the bird dog thing in, um, and the last game that I'm, that I'm, uh, blanking on, but, uh, you have, I like what they try to attempt every time. So I, I'm always, you know, drawn into whatever their project is. And they always look really cool, just really unique looking, very mysterious. So with this new one, I wonder if, are they going for another kind of companion thing? Because they show the character, he's holding on to something. Uh, it looks like a rock or some kind of vegetation thing. But I, I imagine they're going to go for some kind of character again. It looks like maybe that's another yeah. buddy, whether it's AI driven or not. But I feel like they're going to go with that yeah. same vibe. And it looks like they've got like a poncho on for that nice fluttering sort yep. of uh, effect, which I'm sure which they have sort of in their games, like the sort of cloak kind of thing. Um, but this has actually reminded me sort of thinking of weird abstract games. Um, I wanted to talk about, because um, I've finished uh, Kentucky Route Zero. Right, um, I about that. And it's a very, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, just a, a, a great game. And I know you said you played a little bit of it, but... Um, so I kind of wanted to get your how you felt on it as well, but um, I just feel like the way the the the, the story's told and the choices you have, um, it kind of feels like you're just completely crafting everything about the characters, sort of yourself, and it's just, and I think, and even just the the way the text is displayed and timed, and it it comes out kind of like it's it's just yeah, it's a very very special game and. Um, it's uh yeah very I'm, I'm very glad i played it and i think it's sort of a must play for uh you know a lot of people i know when you posted that you had finished it i um jumped on psn and, and bought the uh because now they have the entire collection mm. the last yeah. time I, it was the last time i jumped in was years ago where it was just that first episode and i forgot mm. everything that happened so it's cool to jump in yeah. and, and remember and yeah. yeah the game is uh the story is so mysterious and weird and all yeah. the, the dialogue and the characters talking to you, yeah. you have no idea what's going on but you want to figure yeah. out are you being yeah. lied to are you in a dream or you know what the hell's going on um yeah it's there's a story that's also really cool really mysterious but also the visuals they're going for this minimalist mm. style but it's still crazy beautiful it's something that catches me off guard playing it again where it's they don't have a lot that they're that they're using but the the, the way they use the shadows and the the color palette and the kind of the way they can focus on uh you know scenes it's just really unique and, and beautiful looking it kind of took me uh yeah. took me back a little bit yeah the, it, it is um it is just amazing and, and i think everything just feels so thoughtful sort of everything you know that everything's been put there for a reason and like right. you said it looks lush and um but yeah it is very strange and i don't still to this day don't really understand quite what it meant but mm. I just loved the dialogue. I it's so it's just such a nice. I mean, even for people I'd imagine who don't like text-based games, I think they would just easily you know read through this because it is so nicely written. And the guy who write who wrote it, I need to find out his name actually. Uh, yeah, Blake he, he was on. He was on a podcast. Um, is it Jake? 
Jake Miller? Jake Paul. I think you got it. <laughs> ah, Jake Elliott. That's it. Um, but yeah, he he's the sort of writer of Kentucky Route Zero, and um, he uh, in in his background, I, I think he he sort of did poetry and 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 things, and you can tell there is that kind of flow to everything. And um, he was sort of talking about uh, on this podcast called Script Lock. Um, and he and he's he, on the episode he's on. He's actually with Tim Schafer as well. So it's a really good one. Um, and yeah, he 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 just talks about sort of the processes that go into the game. So um, I recommend listening to that after you're done with it as well. It's a good sort of insight into it. Nice. It's interesting you mentioned uh, playing the game and still not knowing, I guess, what the yeah. overall theme was, or yeah. because I'm playing it like uh, hoping that you know stuff is revealed, mm. but maybe yeah. maybe it's not the case. But man, I mean, that story is really unique. Yeah. And and I've started playing through it again to to try and get the platinum. And you'd notice so many more things at the beginning and uh, after the end. Um, I mean, they still don't quite make sense, but because you can tell it's just all very metaphorical and uh, you know it deals with sort of death and things like that. And so there are certain times when you're like, oh, I, I think I think it's more just like you kind of feel a certain vibe from the things that happen, and you know it can be unsettling, funny, or just nice to look at and you know i think that's why it's so such a good experience because sometimes you're not entirely sure why you're enjoying this bit of story or why you're so captivated but you just are and it's yeah it's really really impressive does it uh when you're playing this game and do you have takeaways with your own projects because you have uh this game that you're floating around where it maybe has um i guess it's more not necessarily text-based but focused on the story mm. and and you kind of get inspiration and and takeaways from how they are unfolding the story with the player and how you're going through it yeah massively um it, it, just in a sense of displaying text because um aside from my unity project which i'm working on which is kind of like a uh interactive comic but kind of thing with diet with a dialogue system um i've been uh sort of flirting with a twine game for a while as well trying to uh, get just get one of them out just because they're you know easy to um, work with and um and yeah i think uh he he said that the writer said in his podcast that he used twine a lot for kentucky route zero as well just to structure things um because that that was made in unity um so yeah i mean de definitely from a finesse sense sort of just the way they display um, the text and when you when you choose a choice the way it sort of fills in and and everything from from that sense it's been really really um helpful and um yeah it's it definitely has sort of um helped me sort of just think about the way i approach um you know structural sort of choice based storytelling nice yeah i'm uh, excited to keep playing i'm just maybe the first episode i've i've gone through it yeah. I haven't quite reached the end of that first episode but uh, well, I'm not sure if they, at least in the compilation, how they start to progress you forward because they do kind of cut into the very scenes. But yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm early on for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad I started playing this one again. Yeah. So we got some news here about the Xbox dealing with uh, or interested in what's going on over with uh, PS5. So Xbox Series X survey asks if you want PS5 DualSense features in the Xbox controller. This is Adam Vajestica at TechRadar.com. An Xbox console experience survey has gone out to consumers who purchase either the Xbox Series X or Series S and reveals some potentially exciting news as to the company's future plans for the systems. While the usual set of standardized questions appear, the question whether the Xbox Series X feels next-gen is asked, which has, been uh, which has been a criticism some users have leveled at Xbox consoles since release. What's more surprising, though, is the question where Microsoft asks whether users are aware of features on PlayStation controllers 
that they wish were on Xbox controllers. It also asks specifically which features users want to see. We've seen Microsoft borrow innovations from its competitors' controllers in the past, such as adding a headphone jack to the Xbox One controller and a share button after both features were so well received on the PS4's DualShock 4 controller. Uh, Callum, how do you feel about this? Do you want them to stick to their own lane or would you want to see these features in the Xbox uh, controllers going forward? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think the, the haptic feedback and the sort of triggers and, and, and everything like that, I think is next gen. And I think it deserves to, you know, the switch has it, um, the, the dual, the dual sense has it and, you know, the Xbox controller should have it too. So, um, I think it's a good thing to ask in, in a survey. I mean, I think people should say yes as well. I think if they're asking, they're basically asking, do you want your controllers to be better? You should say yes. Um, but on, on the subject of Xbox controllers, I didn't realize that their new controllers are like $200, like their Elite 2 controllers oh. or whatever. Um, and so I assumed that they would have had those features in because, I mean, $200 for a controller is is mental. Um, right. And, you know, to get a DualSense for $60 is, um, you know, I don't, I, I mean, I haven't really seen the, the $200 ones. I don't know whether they're like diamond encrusted or, or, or something, but um, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, why they wouldn't add these features to a controller of that price. Yeah, it's pretty nuts with those, uh, those really advanced controllers um, that you think they'd have this kind of stuff as a standard. But mm. I think it would, with those, you get like the customization ability where you can move um, you know, the D pads around or the sticks mm. and you can adjust uh, tension and other aspects of the controller. But mm. yeah, you think you'd have at least have the bare minimum that the dual sense is, uh, yeah. or the yeah, dual sense is bringing to the board. But yeah, it's kind of a no brainer where they maybe didn't even need to send this questionnaire out. Of course, people want those features yeah. and it'd be yeah. cool to make that a standard where uh, as you're playing, say um, that next game, um, oh, I'm blanking on them. They're from, they're one of Bethesda Studios, not Obsidian, but it's another title like that uh gavin is in the chat he says starfield but that's not what i'm thinking of at all but, uh, <laughs> but, but as you have that stuff on the dual sense yeah if you can make it basically standard across all uh platforms now where you can have those same features and not locked in just the just the ps5 itself yeah yeah it's, it's not resident evil 8 is it no it's a uh, it's man it's a uh, it's on ps5 i know it's going to be on xbox I feel, well. I, feel, I feel i feel like i can think of the game so the developers about. that make dishonored it's like their next their, their next game death loop death loop there death, you go yeah. yeah it was in the news a bit about how they were working yeah. on uh crazy you know stuff going on with the triggers where a lockout yeah. on you well uh, i i think i think a lot of people um that i've seen you know who don't have or who, who don't have ps5s maybe or or they they have an xbox i think a lot of them don't really seem to care about it and i think that's fair enough but I think when you play a game like Astro's Room, for example, um, I know it's such a small experience and maybe why it, it's not quite talked about as much as it should be, but you know that really shows you how impressive these these bits of kit are. Um, and I think when, for example, Ratchet & Clank comes out, that is going to use that controller in you know so many different ways. You know, they've already talked about how it's a huge influence in a lot of their uh, decisions and always thought about. and. So I think that's going to ripple, I think, much further than Astro's Playroom ever could. Um, and yeah, and I think that's when we'll maybe start to see people taking notice of these features and realizing that they really do make a difference to your game. Um, and yeah, uh, I think, again, again I, I, don't, I don't mean to keep sort of 
talking about Roger James Lank, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm very excited about it, and <laughs> it, it always enters my mind. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, no, yeah, I think it's across the board. People want their next gen consoles to have these unique features to separate them, and I have the next gen xbox controller i bought it for my pc recently yeah. and um it's really dope and it's uh it's just more of an improved version on that last xbox controller but uh mm. the way they do the textures on the on the grips on the triggers um it just it feels really sturdy and really uh solid it's but mm. also it's just not really bringing anything new to the table and yeah. so yeah i'd love to see them do this and it just you know it'll make uh, ps5 a bit more competitive maybe lean into those features a bit more on their first party mm. games because Besides uh, Astro, I mean, you have it in uh, you have it in Fortnite, you have it in Spider Man, but nothing that really shows off like what this controller can do besides Astro's Playroom. Mm -hmm. So I want them to yeah. maybe if they're on there, if they have to compete a bit more, they'll kind of actually have these developers, you know, focus on that going forward and making sure that it's it's something special. Yeah, and they they already had pretty good feedback compared to the DualShock Fours. I mean, they had the vibrating triggers and and everything, especially when playing like Fours or games. Um, so I think they were already sort of on that path. Sure. So it's strange that it was actually PlayStation that decided to take what Xbox had started doing and take it way further. Right. It's, it's strange that Xbox didn't sort of match that pace when they were the ones that sort of started it. But, um, but yeah, I'm sure it will, of course, it will become the um, common thing soon and, and beyond it will, it will, it will keep going, obviously. But um, yeah, at the moment you do wonder why, you know, there's only one, well, I suppose Nintendo can can be talked about with, with their haptic feedback, but you do wonder why Xbox haven't followed suit. Right, right. So, Caleb, let's move on. Another uh, example of uh, Xbox looking over the the fence at PlayStation. This one's a bit of a long, but we'll go through it. Uh, Microsoft took PS2 apart for reference while developing the original Xbox. This is Armina Khan of PlayStationLifestyle.net. Former Microsoft executives who were involved in the development of the original Xbox have told Bloomberg in an interview that the team tore down a PlayStation 2 for reference while designing the new console. After Bill Gates showcased a prototype of the Xbox, I lost my spot, of the Xbox at Game Developers Conference, the design team was tasked with turning it into a real product. Head of Xbox at the time, Rick Thompson, ended up resigning because he was concerned about the costs associated with the project. Quote, I don't know how you go to work every day where you build more boxes to lose more money, Thompson told Bloomberg while explaining his decision to resign. We'd made plush dolls, mice, and keyboards and reference design stuff, but never a project like this, added Robbie Bach, who took over Thompson's role and became the second head of Xbox. The team then decided to tear down a PS2. In the old days, there weren't companies that did tear down, so we actually had to take a PS2. We took the entire thing apart, put it on a giant wood board, explained Aaron Greenberg, who still works at Microsoft. We did a whole competitive review, and we went through every component, every piece, and priced it out, and tried to figure out how many screws and how much it cost. Then head of hardware Todd Holmdahl revealed that the team comprised of less than 20 people who were naive about the complexity of the project. This small team not only had to design the product, but also had to figure out sourcing and manufacturing stages. Uh, so this one's it's kind of nuts to see that they for reference to make the actual xbox and figure out what to price and and components that they just tore down a ps2 yeah yeah i think it's the sign of the times um sort of kind of thing but it's a really really cool story and um you know it's nice to sort of know that they had these fears and uh were worried about the complexities of it and then to see what it's become today um so yeah it's, it's a cool a cool little bit of insight uh into it um, i think maybe that explains the uh horrendous fast controller but um <laughs> but yeah no i like stories sort of that go behind the scenes on, on things like that 
yeah, it's kind of surprising to see that they just didn't have everything ready to go. They showed off the initial prototype and then the team had to figure out, okay, how do we make this thing? <laughs> how do we make yeah, it cheap enough yeah. where it's com- uh, competitive? And, yeah. and I love the fact that they just tore down this thing to actually look at the competitor. What are they doing? How they, fa- how they making everything fit in here? And what are the pricing on the different components? Like it's, it's pretty nuts to get the stuff years later that they yeah. just, you know, directly got that influence. But yeah, it's, it's nuts that a company would put so much money down and just kind of like figuring it, figure it out as they go along with such high stakes, but that seems like that's what they're doing at the time. Yeah. Nice. Callum, we got the next one here. Uh, this is not great news, but hopefully we're just uh, blowing this up. Uh, PlayStation has officially retired the Killzone franchise website. This is Andy Robinson of VideoGamesChronicle.com. A notice on Killzone.com has announced that going forward, visitors to Killzone.com will be directed to PlayStation.com, but no clarification is offered on what it means for the future of the Guerrilla Game series. The official website for the Killzone franchise has retired, the website notice reads. While this change doesn't affect the online multiplayer modes, player statistics, or ranking data for Killzone Mercenary and Killzone Shadowfall, it is now no longer possible to create or manage clans in Killzone Shadowfall. We apologize for this inconvenience. Thank you to Killzone.com's many fans and visitors throughout the years. For their enthusiasm and support the killzone series was one once one of playstation's flagship franchises with six installments released across playstation 3 and ps4 and handheld consoles in the nine years following its 2004 debut however the series hasn't seen a release since 2013's ps4 launch killzone shadowfall and its developer seems very much focused on the action adventure series horizon uh callum are we you know grabbing at straws again like do you think we're still going to see another killzone or is this kind of a nail the coffin or a sign that we're not going to get one anytime soon well, i don't know i think it could be that maybe they're doing a a new a new thing with killzone and maybe they're actually doing this to the website to relaunch it or, or something that's my hopefulness uh, talking but um yeah it'd be a shame if if this if this does mean that it's you know joining re- resistance in the in the great in the playstation graveyard but um and jack and daxter um but yeah if if it is then hopefully there's another first person shooter that can come up and be that playstation exclusive fps that uh everyone sort of has been asking for yeah it's a bummer because we talked about it before where uh they don't have you know a huge juggernaut first person shooter to compete with xbox and maybe xbox has been also falling uh by the wayside with their competitive fps's but um you want to kind of when you have such a strong franchise why would you leave it high and dry i mean uh shadowfall mm-hmm. was was uh received really well and it was a great show off mm-hmm. for the for the ps4 when it launched so it's, mm-hmm. it's just uh it's insane to me that they would not pursue this but maybe gorilla has no interest in pursuing it they have horizon it's a huge success mm-hmm. but maybe give this yeah. franchise off to another developer uh yeah i'm not sure why and maybe they're just yeah restructuring the website like you mentioned but it's just uh it's a bummer to hear yeah yeah it is and Killzone's great um they're actually games that i want to go through again at some point but yeah same um yeah they're they're brilliant it's a brilliant sort of playstation series and um you can sort of follow it and see how it evolves alongside playstation you know as it came up uh through the rank so um you know i mean Killzone one was ps2 um Killzone two and three were ps and then Shadowfall PS4. So that's, right. you know, three generations of PlayStation that it's uh, gone through. And um, yeah, if it's gone, then it will be sorely missed. Yeah. And it's also, you know, a sign of them really just focusing, doubling down on their open world 
you know, RPG kind of uh, games, that's really their kind of become their flagship. And mm-hmm. I guess, you know, the first person shooters were never their strong suit, but they had strong titles like Resistance, like uh, Killzone, mm-hmm. but it just seems like they're not interested in that kind of yeah. format anymore. And it's, I don't know why, because they, this is a great competitor to what Xbox does with Halo, with Gears, and it's just strange for them to leave it. But I'm hoping that's not the case. Yeah, I still have hope for Resistance. I think I think that that has enough of a cult gathering of people to to uh get back into existence I think. And Insomniac tease it too much to not mm. to not give it. They can't they can't do that. They can't tease us like that and then not follow <laughs> up on it. So See, I, I still I still await that announcement. <laughs> I have uh strangely more hope for a kill zone than a than a than a resistance honestly but oh, just really? because it's yeah. the last time we saw you know at least we saw a uh killzone game more recently than uh than a resistance mm. game but yeah, yeah it's not look good for both of them but we will yeah. see i'm really hoping that they keep those franchises alive because they're awesome i mean especially looking yeah. on a, on next gen with a new engine i mean they would just blow everyone out of the water um yeah. i i find myself going back to that original was it the PS2 era where they showed off, or no, PS3, right before the PS3, they showed off that Killzone 2 CGI trailer. Mm, yeah. It had a, lot of, uh, had a lot of drama. I know we talked about it a while ago mm. and revisited it, but it's uh, seeing that, you could basically do that or even better than mm. that foot, that CGI footage in mm. a, an actual in-engine gameplay. So it yeah. would be nuts for them to just not go back to that. And, and Killzone 2 still looked great as well. I mean, all yeah. the Killzone games have always been like, for me anyway, you know, like go at school and everything when 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 they came out um you know they were always like the ones talked about as like having the best graphics out there and um every single time um even killzone one on ps2 was the same um and i think you know they've they've moved on they've got horizon and they're still showing that you know ability to create amazing visuals and their engines you know being used industry-wide now because of how you know excellent it is so if 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 this is the end of kill zone then i don't mind because you know they've moved on to something else and they're still at least they're still making excellent games um so uh so yeah i mean it'd be nice but if not horizon will do yeah i guess with them with maybe sony kind of leaving the whole fps space uh, do any of their first parties really focus on first person shooters besides what resistance and uh killzone used to do with insomniac and with gorilla i don't think any other Students no. that they own, anyways, really focus on that. No, I mean, Na- Naughty Dog could fill that gap with their next project. You never know. Um, I think that they would be safe to keep it, you know, at least uncharted if they're going to go for a more action orientated route. Um, but you never know what they've got in plans. I mean, I'm sure every single person who makes these decisions haven't thought about this. I mean, I'm sure it hasn't gone unheard of, or I mean, I'm sure they would just notice from following the market trend themselves that there isn't a first person shooter uh, exclusive to PlayStation. But I think the problem is, like you said, Microsoft let their FPS, well, all their exclusives fall to to the side now. So maybe it's just not something they need to explore right now because there is no competition to to even overcome or challenge um so maybe they're they're waiting out maybe they've got something in the works for when halo infinite comes out who knows but um i'm hoping that they're not sort of acting that way yeah so uh it's interesting uh my life uh, partner gavin he's in the chat he mentions uh, i don't think fps fps games are as big in japan which is why sony may be steering away from it 
while that might have been true in the past, we just talked recently about how they, it seems like they're also, Sony's not interested in Japan and they're really not making decisions mm-hmm. geared towards that market anymore. Um, so they really, because they are focusing on the West, you think that's why they would even double down more on shooters, but it seems mm-hmm. like the third person action games are are what's uh, more successful for them. So yeah, they really don't yeah. have any reason anymore to to not support it, but here we are. Yeah. He's, he's right though. I mean, the Japanese people love their RPGs and um, I think that's why Nintendo are doing so well over there because pretty much all of the, um, you know, beloved JRPG series have had new games recently and they've all been mostly Nintendo exclusive. You know, you've got Fire Emblem and um, all these other games that I dread to try and pronounce, but they're all exclusive to Nintendo Switch and they have huge fan bases, you know, not just in Japan, but across the world and, um, you know, I think even even if Sony don't have FPS games, maybe it is this focus on uh, shooting games and everything that is making the Japanese people fall out of love with it as well. Because there's not a huge amount amount of difference between Uncharted and a first person shooter. If you think about it, it's still a cover shooter. You're still shooting, gunning down lots and lots of enemies, but. Um, so yeah, so I think maybe that you know that could be a case for why Japan aren't uh, interested as well. Yeah, and there's po- kind of a popular swings that seem to have in the seem to happen in the industry where at a time there was the big juggernauts were FPS shooters in that 2007 you know era. Then it has kind of switched to those have fallen by the wayside besides the big dooms that come out, and now it's more RPG focused, third person focused uh, games are successful like at Fortnite and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of, there's these swings back and forth. So maybe we'll switch to something else in this next generation that's more and more popular. Maybe the FPS will come back into its glory days. But uh, at the moment, it's just really RPGs are, are the king right now, or uh, third-person games are the key right now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I certainly don't have much love for first-person shooter games anymore. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll still play them and enjoy them. And I think there is just more you can be more abstract with a third person game i think there's a lot more ways of uh sort of directing a game with that in 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 that genre um but yeah i think that that i think there is still a lot to explore in in the first person space especially in rpgs you know like cyberpunk and and everything it's a shame cyberpunk didn't work out the way it could because or the way yeah the way it could have because i think that could have started a resurgence of first person games um depending yep. on how how that was received but uh maybe people are gonna stay away from that uh even more so now so who knows i, I think uh cyberpunk was always gonna reverberate through you know the, the near future of games and uh i think now it will be for you know the wrong reasons yeah it's interesting we'll see hopefully uh i would love to see the fps kind of come back to its glory days um there are various like indie titles you'll see that are really trying to bring it back in. It'll always exist, you know, in that, in that sense, yeah. but on the AAA scale, we just won't see as many of them, I guess, going forward. Yeah. But Well, we've, we've got back for blood coming, uh, sort of, uh, mid True. middle of next year. Uh, that'll be a big, a big one. I mean, that, that'll have a huge amount of support going into it. And even the announcement of it has apparently created a huge surge in Left 4 Dead 2 and Left 4 Dead. Um, which is funny because that they, those games always seem populated anyway, so I, ca- I can't imagine how <laughs> how that'll be any different. But it just shows how much people love these games, and I think we're screaming out for just a game that you can sit down, kill some zombies with some friends, not really think about it, like Left 4 Dead always, you know, did. 
Um, and yeah, I think it's a it's a game that is well needed now. And and you know, you never know; it might start something, spark something in other studios. Yeah, agreed. Alrighty, can we get into our episode for the week? There, where can they find you online? Uh, Twitter at Bear Monroe. Awesome. You keep up the show as well on Twitter at Plastic Art Pod. That's it for us this week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. See you later.